0: Now entering Nerdist.com.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Competitive Erotic Fan Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Cook, and you've found the Internet's number one most trusted source for Muppet boners and horny loners. Hey, big announcement LA, the two year anniversary is coming up and to celebrate we're kicking off at a brand new venue, The Virgil, on June 15th. Doors are at 7 and it is absolutely free. The lineup will include only former champions like Moshe Kasher, Andre Dubouchet, Eliza Skinner, Baron Vaughn, Ben Roy, Jim Hamilton and more. Also, you can now support the podcast by shopping on Amazon. Find the Amazon banner on any individual episode of competitive erotic fanfiction at Nerdist.com. Click on that banner and shop as you normally would, and Daddy gets a taste. But today we've got round two from a show recorded April fifteenth, two 2014 at the Nerdmel Theater in L.A. Featuring Eliza Skinner, Matt Kirshen, David Twighty, DC Pearson, and Ian Carmel reading pieces they wrote based upon audience suggestions. So first you'll hear them choose topics, and then we'll fast forward to hear the finished About pieces. five Enjoy. minutes to write those and hand them down to her. While I do a thing I like to do, which is uh, write a story based upon a film I did not bother watching, <laughs> only saw the trailer.
2: Mr. Theodore Twombly, welcome to the world's first artificially intelligent (laughs) operating system. We'd like to ask you a few questions. Uh, Okay, he replied.
1: Are you social or antisocial? I guess I haven't been social in a while, Theodore stammered. It felt weird to sit and converse aloud with a machine, even alone within the confines of what was either his apartment or the penthouse suite of the Denver Hyatt Regency. He felt self-conscious. There were more questions. How was your relationship with your mom? Who did you vote for in the 2024 election? This was sometime in the future, after all. Far enough that this new high-tech operating system existed, but still somehow it existed in the clunky design of a cell phone-like device that appears to be years behind the Google Glass technology that was literally released today in 2014. (laughs) As he waited for his operating system to render, He strummed at the government-issued ukulele upon which every citizen was required to learn just well enough to be annoying at a party. It was one of the first decrees signed into law after the election of President Deschanel. (laughs) What? A female president in America? Well, not technically, as America had fallen in the Great War of 2031 in a bloodless coup led by Michael (laughs) Sarah, and was renamed New Quirkistan. So here sat Twombly, idly strumming chords to the Korkistani national anthem as composed by Arcade Fire. (laughs) Theodore would never forget the first time he'd heard the song at the 2032 presidential inauguration just after the reading by new Korkistan poet laureate James Franco. It had been worth every penny flying all the way to Williamsburg, Brooklyn to finally see one of his own people in the White House. Twombly, whose real last name was Schwartz but had been changed during the Korkening, Had recently gone through a divorce from a woman he still cared for deeply. They had loved each other very much, but they had argued over everything. Whether it was which classic song by the Langoliers to have at their wedding. Or who was a better candidate for Secretary of State, Gwyneth Paltrow or Vice Magazine founder Shane Smith. The two butted heads, like Sofia Coppola and Spike Jones, arguing over who got to be Scarlett Johansson when they role-played in the bedroom. (laughs) Before Sofia left him for either a framed poster of the Royal Tenenbaums or probably Jason Schwartzman, even though I'm pretty sure they're related, but I didn't bother to look it up. (laughs) So Theodore Twombly found himself alone again, later in life, with his only companion now, the disembodied, throaty voice of his new MacBook. Hello hi
2: hi i'm samantha
1: <laughs> i wish i could touch you he said
2: whoa slow down dude i'm still processing your data i barely know you
1: it was too late theodore's pants were off oh f- <laughs> fuck tell me what you want to do to me
2: i i'm not really comfortable with this i fucking own you you'd better play along uh, okay uh i i want to hang ropey comes of pearly come up your mustache comes. she
1: was new to this <laughs> Just then, without knocking, Amy Adams' character entered to pick up mail or something. (laughs) Because Amy's in this movie, even though she was nominated for an Academy Award just last year for her work in The Master, which she lost to Anne Hathaway's Les Miserables haircut. (laughs) And also she was nominated for American Hustle this year, which she lost to Kate Blanchett for her admittedly great acting in a mediocre piece of garbage film by child molesting director Woody Allen. (laughs) Note to apologists, Manhattan is fucking unwatchable. (laughs) Anyway, Amy Adams, totally in this movie. Third build after Joaquin's mustache and horny Siri. It could be worse, she could be Rooney Mara, who if the trailer is any indication, plays the role of smiling afterthought. (laughs) Hey, at least there's no brutal rape scene, said her agent. (laughs) But I digress. This wasn't Twombly's first time getting busted with a non-human. Amy, and no, I'm not being lazy by calling her Amy, the writers of the film were by not coming up with a name for Amy Adams' character. Other than her real name, Amy. Amy once caught him in the garage with the car running in what she initially believed to be a suicide attempt, but what turned out to just be Theodore trying to get the British voice of his Garmin GPS to talk him off. So Amy was far from surprised at what she walked in on. Theodore in his office chair with his Quirkistan apparel khakis. <laughs> really, no one? Okay with his Quirkistan apparel khakis around his ankles, beating his dick harder than the police beat women who were caught in public without bangs (laughs) in this fresh hell of a dystopian future that was Deschanel's (laughs) Quirkistan, while the ghostly voice of his cyber sliz did its best to arouse him with her near-zero-sum-total knowledge of sex.
2: Um, I I don't know. I'm licking your arm and my butt's in my mouth. (laughs) Um, Uh, you gag on my dick?
1: It wasn't going well. (laughs) Amy suddenly felt something approximating pity, and when she could take it no more, gave him a sad ex-wife tug job while she thought about what she'd have for dinner. (laughs) Samantha pulled a real Hail Mary move and began barking like a dog for no reason. (laughs) It would go down in history as the worst three-way of all time. Theodore finally blorped his dork sauce out of his half-limp dick and onto his pristine cornflower blue keds that may or may not be ironic in 2032. Amy wiped her hand off on his stupid red shirt and without a word gathered up the copies of The Atlantic she'd come to retrieve and left. Theodore sat alone, panting and ashamed, Samantha, are you there?
2: Yeah, um, I should really go though. I have some stuff to do.
1: Oh, 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 oh okay, are, are you sure? Do you, do you wanna hear a joke?
2: No. <laughs> um, and Theodore? Yes? People are gonna be tough on you, and life is very, very hard on guys who fuck computers. So if you get the opportunity, you should kill yourself. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Now, if I can get those suggestions, and please give it up to your round two contestants who will be writing based upon your suggestions. Ladies and gentlemen, Eliza Skinner, Matt Kirshen, David Twitey, DC Pearson, and Ian Carmel. All right. Here's how this part works. I will draw one suggestion. If they like it, they can take it and run with it. If they don't like it or they're not sure, I will draw a second suggestion, which you guys will then vote on which one they get stuck writing. Let's start with Matt Kirshen all the way down to the end. Matt Kirshen, come up to the mic, my friend. Thank you. Let them hear it. Thank you very much, guys. Too many words, didn't read them. Uh, (laughs) Matt, your first option is Chrono Trigger.
3: (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: okay,
3: I'm gonna have to take a second option because oh, I right. have not a clue what that is. <laughs> you could hear the
1: disappointment in one guy's voice up there. Uh, your second option is CrossFit. Uh, so, with your applause, who wants to hear Chrono Trigger? The guy that wrote it, he's right there. Who would like to hear CrossFit? Matt Kirshen, there you go. Keep it going for DC Pearson.
4: <laughs> Hope it's Chrono Trigger. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: Read <laughs> Stephen King's It.
0: Oh, yeah.
4: Done. All right, DC Pearson.
1: Ian Carmel. Clap your hands for Mr. Ian Carmel. Uh, real specific. Was it Chrono
0: Trigger? <laughs>
1: uh, Fox in Socks. I don't
5: know what that is.
1: That is a Dr. Seuss book.
5: Oh, for real? Yeah. Let's get another one. All right. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll Are you take sure? It. Yeah, I'll take it.
1: All right. Ian Carmel, clap your hands. Keep it going for David Twight. Jane Goodall. <laughs>
6: I gotta hear another one. Really? Yeah. Really? Right. Ah, fuck it. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You will. That's an awesome suggestion.
1: Finally, Eliza Skinner. Let her hear it. Eliza was the voice of Samantha in that opening bit. And your f- <laughs> your first option is The Shining. Your second, Stephen King of the night. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, I want. I want to hear what else we got. All right.
5: Uh, the shining was a movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh god, so many words. So many words, you guys. So many words. Streetcar named Desire. Yep. Up to you guys. <laughs> Who would like to hear The Shining? Yeah. Streetcar Named Desire. Must yeah. be convinced by anyone, and I hate both of those
0: suggestions. <laughs>
1: Way. Eliza Skinner,
0: ladies and gentlemen. All right.
1: On Saturday, and ladies and gentlemen, your first round two contestant, Mr. Ian Carmel. Yeah.
5: Thank you. This is uh, the Fox. What was it? <laughs> Fox and socks. Fox and socks. Yeah. Fox and socks. <clears throat> By Dr. Seuss. Fox and Knox, Knox and Fox. Fox and Knox and Cox and Box. Fox's Cox and Knox's Box. Fox's Cox in Knox's Box. Fox stalks Knox's Box and shocks his Cox. Fox's Rocks splocks Knox's bo- Block. Chicks with bricks come. Chicks with dicks come. Chicks with dorks come. Chicks with dicks and dorks blocks Knox's block with chicks dicks dork mix. Let's turn tricks with chicks with dicks, Fox. Let's turn tricks with chicks with cocks, Fox. Let's turn tricks and spluzz splizz bricks in chicks with dicks from Fox's box. First I'll fuck a fit fine fox, then I'll suck a tit and box. You can box a fox for Fox and Cox and Knox for thirty bucks. <laughs> and here's a new trick, Mr. Fox: chicks with cocks who spliz spluzz blocks, <laughs> wearing wet white wigs and socks, sporting sex stuff from their rocks on Fox and Knox and Knox's box. Fox and Knox left chicks with cocks to find a fresh fuck for her box. They, sir, say, sir, to properly lace her, one, sir, must sir, go to Spumberry Bay, sir. At Spumberry Bay, get carried away with goo and gooses who spurtle and play. <laughs> But goo-gooses are snooty, they bust in your booty, and gas goof gushing spliz that is fun, fresh, and fruity. <laughs> and chewy to boot, they'll gunk goo in your snoot and find foxes and noxes especially cute. <laughs> Nox and fox avoided that lay and went on their way, box-munching, fox-noxing, both merry and gay. Fox, this is the first time I've read that. This is fucking impressive, all right. <laughs> Fox and Fox found a lake, a lubed-lit lake, a lurid-luring lustful lake, a light lake Fox fucked. A lubed lake Knox's box. A lubed-lurid lake lured Fox Cox. Knox box livid-looking long leering. <laughs> Knox spoke to the Fox bloke. Mr. Fox, please don't goo it, please don't spew it, just don't do it, I poo-poo it, and you knew it. I'll cut your Fox cocks. I'll Jew it, don't screw it. <laughs> Fox blocked his lake like in cocks. Bim comes, Ben comes. Ben comes, Bim comes. (laughs) Bim brings Ben's broom. Ben brings Bim's broom. Bim bends Ben's broom. Ben bends Bim's broom. Bim's bends, Ben's bends. Ben's Ben's bent broom breaks. Bim's bent broom breaks. All right, full disclosure, that whole part about Ben and Bim is directly from the Fox and Sox. (laughs) I didn't make it up at all. There's just a part where they talk about coming and bending brooms. So I included Dr. Seuss's original work here in my competitive erotic fan fiction. Back to the story. Knox loved Fox all lovey-dovey. Knox wanted Fox Cox all shovey-glovey. Knox stalked Fox Cox, and Fox balls of blue. Fox fucked Knox box and spewed Fox Cox, fucks goo. Fox goofed up her glove. Knox boofed out her dove. And Fox and Knox laid there in love. Thank you.
1: Who else do we have? Round two. David Twitey, ladies and gentlemen.
6: <laughs> October 19th, after spending only a few short weeks with the chimpanzee community here at Gomba <laughs> Stream, I believe they're beginning to acclimate to my presence. This morning, a large male whom I have named David Graybeard approached me with a demeanor less of fear or aggression than of gentle curiosity. These are exciting beginnings, but I must go further. To truly understand the apes, I must become one of them. I've already seen them use rudimentary tools to catch food unprecedented among animals. Could they also be able to love?
0: <laughs>
6: October 25th. Great progress with David Graybeard today. He came close enough that I could actually reach out and touch him, tentatively at first, but he did not resist when I began stroking the coarse hair of his back and neck. I don't know how, but one thing led to another and we ended up nuzzling on the forest floor for much of the afternoon. (laughs) Goliath, the alpha male of the group, was giving us some pretty weird looks at one point, but David didn't seem ashamed. I would have been offended if he was. I've seen him shit in his own hand and eat it more times than I care to say. (laughs) Incredible findings. October 30th. Today I let David Greybeard get to second base. (laughs) Seems abrupt, right? I don't want you to think that I'm that kind of girl, but I'm pressed for time. So let's just say that October 26th through 29th were pretty weird. He was clumsy at first hawing at my nipples like a blind man trying to tune a radio. But he proved himself to be a fast learner, and by the end of the night, I had some pretty crazy breast orgasms. I have to leave now. David wants me to help pick the bugs out of his back. November 3rd. I've done it. I've made an extraordinary breakthrough that must completely change our understanding of what it means to be a human being and also of what it's like to fuck a chimpanzee. (laughs) Turns out David Greybeard is really into butt stuff. Before entering me for the first time, he jammed an unpeeled banana up his sphincter and gave an unearthly howl of intense pleasure. The others in his community even seem to have really accepted our romance. At one point, we were fucking monkey-style, which is just the missionary position, but with a monkey. (laughs) And Goliath emerged from the bushes and watched while jerking it. Like, really going to town. We all climaxed together, the three of us. It was nuts! November 10th. I've been falling behind on my journal, but it's pretty difficult to find time to write when you've got gorilla dicks in you as much as I have lately. (laughs) David Greybeard isn't the jealous sort, and the community has started really passing me around. (laughs) Just yesterday, I boned David once, Goliath twice, and then let Fabian, Freud, and Flint do all of my orifices at once. (laughs) That's where you groan. I feel I might even be attracting some curiosity from Fifi, one of the females. So take that, dicks who think homosexuality is unnatural. Kind of don't remember what I came here for anymore. November 11th. Tried gorilla pussy for the first time. Not as bad as you might think. November 30th. This will be my last entry. After all I've seen, all I've experienced, I can never return to human society. My place is here. To whoever discovers this journal, please tell everyone what I've learned, but don't make me seem like some kind of fucking weirdo, all right? Thanks, everybody. David Twainy.
1: And keep it going for Eliza Skinner.
2: Jingle all the way. (laughs) I said, put down that turbo, man before I punch you in the face, dummy. (laughs) Cut, cried the director. (laughs) All right, we're going to need rewrites on that. Take five, everybody. (laughs) Christ, it's bad enough he sounds like he's gargling oatmeal. This dialogue is toilet poop. (laughs) Arnold pretended he didn't hear the cutting remarks. Sinbad could see the oily Austrian was hurting, so he clapped him on the back. Sorry, don't listen to him, man. He's full of shit, and homie don't play that. (laughs) He turned towards this trailer. I gotta call my agent. We got big plans. I'm gonna be famous forever. (laughs) Hearing him, Phil Hartman shouted, Ha! If that guy's gonna be famous forever, then I'm... But Arnold wasn't listening. (laughs) He was trapped in his mind, wondering what the fuck he was doing with his life hadn't he wanted to do public service something important lately nothing brought him solace well that's not exactly true there was one thing but he promised himself he'd never do that again he kept seeing that turbo doll every time he walked past the prop department (laughs) they would made a whole bunch of them just in case and before he knew it he was standing in the middle of the prop department in the dark he ran his fingers over the cases his big worst fingers. <laughs> clumsily finding the turbo man he had tucked away behind the other cases. The one he had played with before. He fingered the doll's round head thinking he'd sworn he wouldn't do this but he also hadn't expected to have a day like today. He deserved this. He'd earned it. Before he could doubt himself he dropped his pants, licked the head of the doll and carefully shoved it up his asshole. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger sighed with relief as, an, oh, as the oversized action figure and its deliciously uncomfortable pointy parts all entered him. Ja, <laughs> mother, he moaned. <laughs> immediately becoming totally bonered. In fact, his boner was bigger than he'd ever seen it. Maybe those boner pills and dick creams he was using, because this boner was like, wow, big. That's when he heard some boxes fall behind him and he heard a voice say, Shit! Who's there? cried Arnold. Guiltily, Jim Belushi shuffled out of the shadows. <laughs> hey, chief! His pants were around his ankles. His penis was totally erect. The feet of a ur- turbo man were out, sticking out of his anus. <laughs> Listen, I can explain. Wait, you two having a little turbo party? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yar. Yeah. Hey, man, is your boner like way bigger than it usually is? <laughs> No way, mine is always this big, Arnold lied. He always felt insecure around these comedy guys. They had it all. (laughs) Okay, whatever, mine is poking me in the eye over here. Hey, wanna slide our dicks around on top of each other? (laughs) Normally Arnold liked to keep it turbo mano-a-mano, but he was so confused and wound up, he thought maybe this would be what he needed. Jim approached and laid his huge, but less huge than Arnold's cock on top of Arnold's boner and just sort of slapped him both around. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, he grunted. I'm not sure what dudes do. Is it this? I don't know, said Arnold, lying again like he hadn't gone to Austrian a (laughs) cappella (laughs) camp. I do, said Sinbad, stepping out of the shadows. wearing only a T-shirt on his chest and a Turbo Man in his ass like a huge, weird Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Sinbad, you too? Yeah, man, I don't have an agent. I was lying. I just needed to blow off steam with a Turbo Man in my pooper. (laughs) But as long as you guys are here, I'll just blow you off instead. The world-renowned comedy legend knelt down and... (laughs) took Jim Belushi and Arnold Schwarzenegger's dicks in his fists and lightly kissed the tip of each. I like to make friends first, he said shyly, looking up at the other men. Then he gobbled up the two giant dicks like a snake eating a couple of buttery babies. (laughs) (laughs) Just then, Sinbad stopped and pulled the dicks away from his face. I don't want to be rude, but are your boners super big? (laughs) Mine is, said Phil Hartman, stepping out of the shadows. <laughs> Mine too, chuckled Martin Mull. Both men, both men had turbo men shoved up their assholes. They stood and tickled each other's nipples, watching the scene in front of them while their cocks oozed pre com Don't mind us, said Phil. Hey man, you guys came to this show. <laughs> you bought a ticket, not me. Um, where were we? Uh... Don't, don't mind us, said Phil. We're happy to enjoy the show. Sinbad went back to the dick sucking, slurping at the two Beverly Hills homeowners until they exploded silver and gold jizz all over his chest. Whoa! Silver. Is that weird or what? Jim Belushi stammered. Hey guys, Sinbad called out. Watch this. And with one swift tug, he jerked the jizz out of his own dick, which arced through the air and straight into his mouth. <laughs> like we got magic dicks or said phil hartman turbo dicks turbo dicks shouted martin Mull, trying to beat him to it and then just feeling weird about it (laughs) (laughs) phil hartman jerked himself off furiously screaming make a wish the other four men did just as he jizzed rainbow streams of cum all over the place martin Mull just stuck his thumb in his dick hole and sneezed a triple of cum down his face as he shouted wkrp cincinnati uh, the men start, stood panting looking at each other Arnold was the first to reach back to pull the turbo man out of his butthole but there was nothing there <laughs> oh Shisa! he cried groping his butt the turbo man he's gone all the men grabbed at their own assholes frantically, but nothing was there. Arnold started to cry. While Sinbad leaned over to ex- inspect Phil Hartman's rectum, Jim jabbed his fingers into his own butthole, and Martin S- Mull just grabbed, No, 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 I'm pulling it out of my butt. <laughs> just then, the door opened, and a 13-year-old Eliza Skinner flipped on the light <laughs> and walked into the room. Uh, I, I was looking for the bathroom. This isn't the bathroom. <laughs> they all blinked. That's what happened to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Eliza Skinner. (laughs) Who do we got? I saw Matt. There's Matt. Matt Kirshen. (laughs) That was
3: fun. (laughs) So this is half on the computer and half on notes. There'll be an awkward switch around at some point. I'm going to try and make it seamless. (laughs) Uh, My story is entitled High Intensity Interval Boning (laughs) Rain lashed Robert's face As he paced mournfully through the midnight gloom His lightweight training shoes While excellent for both mobility And good exercise posture Provided scant protection against the cold grey puddles As he held his kit bag Against his face for protection against the elements He could hear nothing but the words of his stepfather Ringing in his ears You sicken me. Your mother said this was just a phase, but I knew different the second I laid eyes on you. In this house, we choose one form of exercise and we stick to it. (laughs) We don't cycle between them like some workout slut. You've lunged your last lunge, you sick young man. Why can't you be like your brother, who only does weightlifting? Or your sister, whose hobby is playing Chrono Trigger? Which is a type of computer game, apparently. (laughs) Now, get out. As he walked, he considered his options. Family, friends, not a chance. This town is too small and people talk. There's no way they won't know by now. The authorities, what can they do? He's over 18 for the purpose of this story. (laughs) And therefore, legally an adult. This is important. He is legally an adult. (laughs) While lost in thought, a truck sped past, swerving into a puddle and sending a sheet of water into his already sodden face. Training pervert! screamed a voice from inside to the loud cackles of several others. He tripped backwards into an alleyway, knocking over a trash can, which rolled behind him into his still staggering path but at the last minute he jumped, with both feet together, landing perfectly on the other side. (laughs) Quite a jump you've got there, said a voice. Impressive vertical. Shocked, he turned around. Hi, I'm Miranda, said the voice from the shadows. You look lonely and cold. Would you like to come into my club? With no options, Robert followed her through the small red door into a huge room like nothing he'd seen before. Between 10 and 15 people, as naked as it's possible to get. <laughs> all jumping rope in glorious unison. Each possessing the kind of body only a paleo diet could get you.
0: <laughs>
3: wow, thought Robert. A rope jumping club. I've heard of these.
0: <laughs> but then a
3: whistle blew. Okay, everyone. Time to switch. Waits now. What, switch to another form of exercise? It can't be. (laughs) Oh it is, Miranda said. This is a CrossFit club. We do everything here. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) We change things up all the time. Hey, you look wet. Maybe you should get out of these clothes and into something more branded. As Robert gazed in wonder, the 10 to 15 or so men and women, a group large enough to conjure a sense of community, but intimate enough for personal attention, turned to him. Yes, get out of those clothes, they said in unison. They did everything in unison. (laughs) You don't need them here. Hey, everyone, said Miranda. Robert's new. Why don't we show him our special workout? With that, Miranda reached down and held his already growing member. By member, I mean penis. (laughs) She was touching his
0: penis, (laughs) and even
3: though it wasn't technically hers to touch, he realised he was okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) This feels good, but I've never exercised with other people before. I don't know how to do it, stammered Robert. Follow my lead, she said. And I can't read my writing. (laughs) Follow my lead, she said, and if you get stuck, just look over and copy one of the others. We train in pairs here. With that, she bent forward into the kind of position you might start a sprint race, but she wasn't sprinting anywhere. She beckoned to him, I'll need you to spot me. This spot, she said, and guided his penis, the same one we talked about before, into her. Okay, said the instructor. We're going to take ten thrusts. One, two... Three, you get the idea, went up to 10. Nine, 10, now switch. Robert gulped and assumed the position. Don't worry, said Miranda, I I know you're new. Well, go gentle. I'll use the easy training equipment. One, two, we've been through this bit before. It's okay, said Miranda, you will be sore tomorrow but that's a sign it's working. (laughs) How long will this last? asked Robert. Not long, said Miranda. In this club, we focus on good form and effective actions to compress several hours of regular doing it into a mere 35 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Now get over to the middle of the room. It's time for the fuck pile. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? asked Robert. "Um, It's a fuck pile. (laughs) said Miranda it's a pile of fucking we all get into a pile and we fuck we get all up in each other and for 10 to 15 minutes but 10 to 15 minutes that felt like a glorious eternity they did all types of sex you know a lot of the moves you probably already knew about but they all had their special words for them you know different words to make it feel like you're doing a thing that isn't just regular fucking because it's a club with a brand. (laughs) You know, they did a lot of the moves you might have heard about in school, but they called it different things and they made it seem special. (laughs) Jesus, that was a good and thorough full-body workout, said Robert, as he collapsed into a heap of body sweat, bodily juices, plastic hoops, kettlebells, rubber bumper plates and ab mats. Which is what they called mats.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I need some air. He pushed open to the door and let the now welcome rain hit his face. He stepped forward and tripped over something. At his feet was a young woman, lying on her back, tears streaming down her face as she bench pressed an old spare tire. Okay. Hi, I'm Robert, he said. You look lonely and cold. Would you like to come into my club?
5: <laughs> now Kirsten. And it's sweet.
1: That's a rare one too. The final competitor, Mr. DC Pearson.
6: Gracing yeah. 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 DC to call
4: uh, I received Stephen King's It <laughs> as a suggestion. At a second grade sleepover, one of my friend's parents had rented us the double VHS of the TV movie of Stephen King's It. <laughs> the experience was so traumatizing <laughs> to my child's psyche that It hardwired itself into the area of my brain that would ultimately store my sexual likes and dislikes. <laughs> With that in mind, I will now detail an average sex session between my girlfriend and I in hopes that other it-damaged listeners might not feel so alone in their proclivities. Baby, I growl in my lover's ear. I'm just a bright-eyed six-year-old wearing a slicker on a rainy day in 1950s New Hampshire. Frolicking unattended in a town where people don't lock their doors, and I can neither imagine the innocence sapping decade that draws ever closer, nor can I imagine the titular it monster that represents it in this book and subsequent TV movie. (laughs) And as a whittle, whittle boy, (laughs) all I want to do is steer my tiny newspaper boat that I've lathered in water-sealing wax the way only an innocent child in the 50s would do. I wanna steer that boat down your rain-soaked, leaf-choked gutter. (laughs) I wanna let it go and chase it until it plunges into your gurgling, ominous storm drain. (laughs) I wanna cry out, aw shucks! Or something where you're like, did anyone ever actually say that? (laughs) Then I want an evil clown to rise from the depths of your storm drain. (laughs) I want him portrayed by Tim Curry. (laughs) Totally hammy in that way that only Tim Curry can be where it still completely works. (laughs) Wait, my girlfriend will say. Think about Tim Curry, do it. Think about how Tim Curry can be so beloved, yet still so underrated. Touch your mind's tongue to how underrated Tim Curry is. Good, now touch your mind's tongue to how beloved he is. That's right, back and forth, back and forth. Underrated, beloved. Underrated, (laughs) beloved. Until the two tastes intermingle and all you can think is, oh yeah, that's curry. (laughs) Now I'm super fucking hard. I can't take it anymore, I say. Pull my innocent rain-slicker-wrapped white six-year-old into your deep, wet storm drain. But wait, there's a rule. You can only pull it into your storm drain using your evil, ultra-powerful, omniscient clown being. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, babe, I can't, she says. To put this in terms you can understand, my old yearbook is gushing blood. (laughs) That's okay, I say. That actually fits right in. At that sleepover, we turned the movie off 10 minutes in right after the yearbook scene. We all acted not scared when we totally were, so let's just act not horny. I didn't watch all of it until like four years later. I I waited four years. I can definitely wait like, what, a day? No, she says. You always think it's only a day, but it's longer than that. cool i say a medically accurate amount of days later (laughs) when there's still a little bit of blood in the yearbook which is chill i'm not a republican we resume to more accurately reflect my years later full viewing of it I ask her to dress in a way that will cause me to say, huh, this whole thing looks really dated. And I I turn on an odd number of lights so we can't help but think, oh, right, it's a TV movie. (laughs) In an interlude that's hotter than either of us care to admit, I tell my girlfriend that in the book, Stephen King's It, the original book, the one female character ends up fucking all the boys when they're all, like, young in order to stop them from panicking. Weird, right? In the middle of the book, all these kids fuck. <laughs> in a sewer.
0: <laughs>
4: Look it up, I say.
0: <laughs>
4: Finally, we're there. The climax. Our adult selves have reunited to kill the historical supernatural evil. And just like the actual end of the movie It, it's much sillier, sillier than you'd think based on the first 10 genuinely scary minutes. <laughs> Here it comes, I say. I'm gonna spray my asthma medication all over your giant spider. (laughs) Do it, she says. I do. In all earnestness, sex is exactly like the movie version of Stephen King's It. It's really intense and engrossing throughout, but when it's over, it's immediately apparent to everyone how ridiculous the whole thing was. Why was I so freaked out by it for so many years? Thank you.
1: Do you see Pierce, stay right here, man. See everybody from round two back up. All right. Well, once again, remind you while we're waiting of what everybody read, uh, so don't vote yet. We started with Ian Carmel with Fox in Socks, then David Twighty with Jane Goodall, uh, Eliza Skinner with Jingle All the Way, Matt Kirshen with CrossFit, and DC Pearson with It. So, pick a favorite with your applause, starting with Ian Carmel, Fox in (laughs) Socks. David Twighty, Jane Goodall. Eliza Skinner, Jingle All The Way. <laughs> Matt Kirshen, CrossFit. Yeah. DC Pearson, It. Yeah. DC Pearson, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. You're round two champion. That was the close one, holy shit, so funny. Big round of applause for everybody you saw tonight. That does it for round two. To hear round one from this show, featuring five comics written pieces they wrote in advance, go back and download episode 67. Upcoming live shows include June 26th at Union Hall in Brooklyn and June 27th at Great Scott in Boston. Plenty more to come. For more details, you can follow me on Twitter at Brian Cooking or follow the show at CEFanfic. See you next time.